dictators are really good at targeting socially and economically vulnerable people. They exploit people's feelings of anger and frustration. They stir them up emotionally and make them feel the power of their anger, usually in a mob or as part of a big group, which helps them justify their feelings further. It's like if lots of people are feeling it must be real. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Today, Cindy and I are going to talk about dictators. I personally don't like dictators. I wish there were none. I have trouble understanding why anyone would want to be one or even how they get their power. Well, I don't like them either. But that's why we're going to take a psychological look at dictators. Right, because dictators grab and hold on to power through a number of social and psychological processes. That's true. And whether they've led tribes or governments, troops or religions, they've always been around. It seems there's always someone willing to take on that role, someone who thinks they're that great. And there are always people looking for a strong leader to lead them and be that great. Right. People are often attracted to individuals who appear stress on the word appear strong. And some people are easily persuaded even to give up their own rights and freedoms for a sense of the stability and protection that this person provides them, whether real or imaginary. Mostly imaginary, I think. I do too. (laughs) But I remember being really surprised when I was directing a college counseling program and trying to lead meetings by consensus. So there were two people in the group who couldn't stand that process. They just wanted answers and to be told what to do. Not that they wanted a dictator per se. (laughs) A dictator in the college counseling center. (laughs) Maybe they just didn't want to have to think for themselves to use their little brains and their own reasoning skills. Or maybe they felt insecure about those things. I think maybe that's right. A lot of people really do look toward bosses, parents, religious leaders, any leaders to show them the way as if there is only one way. And at an extreme level, this can pave the way for authoritarian abuse and potential dictatorship. Yeah, not surprisingly, dictators are often quite grandiose, while also tending to be vindictive. Both traits are also common in narcissistic personality disorder, NPD. And they also usually require 100% total loyalty. Yeah. Narcissistic people have a greatly exaggerated sense of their own importance and are preoccupied with their own achievements and abilities. They see themselves as very special people who deserve admiration, and they also have difficulty empathizing with the feelings or needs of others. When narcissism becomes extreme to the point that it interferes with daily life or appears to be unusual compared to others, That's when we use the diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder. Exactly. And people with this personality disorder are preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success and power. They need excessive admiration to feel happy. They have an extreme sense of entitlement 
exploit others, and they're also envious of others. Narcissistic personality disorder seems to fit a lot about what we know of dictators. They need to be the center of attention. They need to be loved unquestioningly. So there are two forms of narcissism, grandiose narcissism and vulnerable narcissism. Grandiose narcissism is what you most likely might expect from a narcissist. In other words, grandiosity and aggression. Whereas vulnerable narcissism is sort of like an insecure grandiosity, which goes along with the deep feelings of inadequacy and it produces intense anxiety and defensiveness. A dictator can have either form of NPD, but I would imagine they mostly have a mixture of both. Not only do they commonly have unrealistic grandiosity, they often live with great anxiety and paranoia. Right, in general, times of social unrest are just feeding grounds for dictators. Times of economic depression or political and social challenges, which often go hand in hand, give dictators the opportunity to look like saviors who are going to straighten everything out, simplify it, restore it to some great place. Then when the conditions allow it, they seize power that in some ways is almost always handed to them. And they like having that power. They sure do. By preying on the desires and prejudices of everyday people, dictators can lull large groups of people into believing that they are the one to show them the way despite the often illogical or irrational ideas they offer people. Right, these irrational ideas are about superiority over others and they involve looking down on a group or even hating and harming that group. It's so surprising that even though most of their promises turn out to mean nothing, they have strong gifts of persuasion and manipulation. Yeah, sometimes I think there's cognitive dissonance for people so, for example, if they bought into the promises of the dictator and these outcomes are delayed or they don't actually exist, people can feel like they've put all this time and effort in already. They've been loyal. So it's much harder. This is the cognitive dissonance to turn away and face actual reality and acknowledge they made a mistake. Yeah, that's that's got to be hard. They kind of get stuck in there. Yeah. Also reminds me of a very influential course I took in college called Politics and Propaganda, which looked at how dictators like Hitler used propaganda to seduce the population to believe their promises and dreams. Dictator types, they're extremely talented at stoking people's wishful thinking. Their calls to patriotism and righteousness, they're just what people need and wanna hear at the right moment. Acceptance of the dictator's even most ridiculous speech and promises comes from what we call in our little field, confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is when people look for evidence to support our own ideas and desires and tend to ignore or discount evidence that contradicts them. It's a really successful technique that's been used to influence our politics through social media, where we get fed information that fits with the other information we wanna read and believe. It's like a feedback loop. So Facebook, for example, hands us more of what we know we want to hear, and then we keep reading it and we find out even more, whatever that is. Right. So if that's conspiracy theories, they keep sending it. Oh, yeah. And as expert manipulators, dictators take advantage of this universal tendency and also feed people what they know they want to hear. Yeah. Dictators are really good at targeting socially and economically vulnerable people. 
They exploit people's feelings of anger and frustration. They stir them up emotionally and make them feel the power of their anger, usually in a mob or as part of a big group, which helps them justify their feelings further. It's like if lots of people are feeling it, it must be real. Yeah, a lot of less empowered people see their own dreams potentially coming true if they side with the strong leader. Right, because we have a tendency to identify with the aggressor and not feel like victims that way, even when we really are actually the victims. This also might offer some room for the dictator to treat people badly and still get the loyalty and devotion they do. Yeah, um, once you've allowed yourself to be treated badly, it's hard to acknowledge it. So people start to feel like, well, okay, maybe they deserved it. Or if they do better, they'll get the love they long for. Doesn't that sound a lot like domestic abuse? That's what I was going to say. It's like an abusive, it is an abusive relationship. Yes, it is. Another thing you've probably noticed is how adept dictators are at blaming and scapegoating others. For example, recently a bomb was dropped in a train station in a town in Ukraine, which killed over 50 civilians and Russia refused responsibility. In fact, Putin has suggested that Ukrainians are bombing themselves to make him look bad. Talk about irrational and ir illogical. <laughs> Blaming, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> it sounds so crazy, but you know what? There are people who believe that because they'd rather believe it than think that their own leader, Putin, would do something so unbelievably horrendous. Dictators are great at exploiting common concerns about who's in and who's out, while also fear-mongering about external threats to the point of paranoia. Followers, and it's always surprising how many there are, start to feel like they're part of the group fighting the, the good fight against evil. Many of the people who participated in the insurrection on January 6, 2021, for example, thought they were the patriotic heroes. Oh, they absolutely did. Of course they did. They were told they were by that leader, and his enormous social media. Yeah. Dictators quickly learn to get people not to think too much about what they have to say. Because to hold on to power, they have to control information, which they do in part by centralizing mainstream media, or trying to. Positive news is attributed to them, and negative news is attributed to their enemies. The authoritarian leader inserts himself into everyone's life. During elections, they manipulate the final outcome through restrictions on the press. They limit their opposition's ability to campaign. They spread misinformation. Fake news. They also try to destroy groups and institutions that are seen as resisting them in any way. They interfere with elections so that they look like they won regardless of reality in order, of course, to maintain power. We've seen a lot of these things happening here with our last president. And even though he isn't president any longer, no matter what he says, it's obvious that he still holds power over many people who believe his propaganda. And he's still trying to destroy our free elections to make that power grab. And he's getting a lot of help. Yes, he is. And we can see even more as we watch the horror, the evil that a dictator can bring. There will always be people whose personality makeup predisposes them to dictatorship. But people enable dictators. Without the followers, a dictator can't function and has no power. Moving towards dictatorship is a real threat right now in our world. Dictators often have psychopathic, narcissistic traits, which are really hard to treat. 
And frankly, they're not looking for treatment. <laughs> That's true. They're the last people that look for treatment. Exactly. What might be more important to counteract dictators then is strong opposition that can prevent them from gaining the power that allows their evil to go unfettered. In our society, voting is one of the ways we can voice our choices against authoritarian rule. It's important to be engaged and pay attention so that people with authoritarian agenda don't gain power, because once they do, it's hard for them to let go. So we all have to take responsibility for not supporting a dictator and for stopping them. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that our, you know, voting is at stake, yep. which we'll probably talk about that in the future. But in the meanwhile, the somewhat, I don't know if it's good news, but maybe a positive take is that there are countries that have overthrown dictatorships, even nonviolently, by using strategies that force a dictator to give up power by interfering with their support base. People often think that violence is the only way against violent dictators, but there are experienced activists who understand that nonviolent war uses different weapons and plans just as carefully as any military campaign. Really big protests are visible evidence of resistance, but resistance work has to be happening before, during, and after those protests. Yeah, protests alone don't work but they're very helpful. In really harsh dictatorships, marches, rallies, or protests are dangerous. They have been in Russia. People get arrested, they get shot. Strong resistance under dictatorships has to start with tactics that are safe, like slowing down traffic or humor, street theater. Nonviolence can be a strong strategic choice even against a violent dictator. The dictator is good at violence but they may not have a clue what to do against strategic nonviolence. There were some creative solutions, you know, during the last presidency where people did some nonviolent resistance things. Oh yeah, some of them were really fun. Mm -hmm. It's also easier to get more people behind a nonviolent movement. It's less scary. <laughs> yes. So you know how movements move? It's usually a series of small victories. The best time to get rid of a dictator is before they get hold of power <laughs> because once they're in, boy, are they hard to remove. They dig in, they work to maintain their power and people might want them out, but it might be impossible or extremely dangerous to even try to get them out. Right, so while these tactics work, they take a long time and they're slow and it's, it's really better to just avoid the whole thing. If you can. Yeah, it's an art and a science to learn how to topple a dictator, but it can be done. Ideally, though, we don't ever want to have to be in a position to try to topple one. And even though social media has been used to support dictators, its power can also be harnessed to undermine dictators. Young people in Russia have access to the actual real news through certain channels that Russia can't block. It blocks everything else, but it can't block every single thing. And it's part of the question with Putin. Can we be creative enough and strategic enough to get together and foil him? Putin, like Adolf Hitler, Mao Zedong, and Joseph Stalin, he wants to maintain complete control over his government and people through radical means, including systematic murder and imprisonment of anyone who stands against him. These totalitarian dictators show us humans extreme potential for evil. And yet 
Each of them also suffered from excessive anxiety and sometimes irrational paranoia. Or a lot of often irrational paranoia. They are often very suspicious. And maybe it's not all irrational because people do want to take them down. (laughs) Anyway, they're so eager to maintain their power, but they do have a lot of anxiety. Looking at past dictators, there's not a clear pattern about how they rise and what they might do. They've taken different paths towards that. Some have used force, some influence, and most are clever at propaganda and selling people on their ideas. They're often charismatic, too. Yes, they are. But for us, and that's why we're talking about this today, by better understanding the social and political environments that allow dictators to grow and hold power, and combine that with understanding issues around the personality of dictator types and the personalities of people who want that control over them, that authoritarian control, maybe we can stop authoritarian leaders before they rise to the level of committing their horrific, violent, cruel actions, at least hopefully as we move into the future. And if you wanna learn more about how to get rid of a dictator, check out the Citizen's Handbook at citizenshandbook.org backslash get rid of a dictator. Thanks for joining us. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Until next time, take care.